reacting to injury news is absolutely an edge for your fantasy football drafts. Take Cooper Cup's slight hamstring strain just a couple weeks ago on August 1st. Everyone freaked out. They dropped him from his wide receiver three overall status. And now, guess what? He's back to full practice. There's two, still two and a half weeks until kickoff. We should be totally in the clear for one of the best wide receivers in the league. But this past weekend, there were two injuries that will be far more significant and how they impact your fantasy football league because they will linger into the NFL season, Hayden, but they aren't being treated as such. Yeah, I think the big difference is we like Terry McLaurin and Jackson Smith and Jigba, so we don't want to move them down in our rankings, but they're having like pretty severe injuries. Let's start with Terry McLaurin first. Uh, in preseason week two, he has a turf toe injury. They have been pretty vague with this, but turf toe injuries to me are pretty scary, especially when it was the big toe I've been reading a lot of these doctors and what they're telling me is that these things linger and this could have been like a grade two version of it. And even Dr. Chow, he said that he quote, wouldn't be surprised if McLaurin needed a six, six week IR stint. What he meant was four weeks. Now the injured reserve is missing the first four weeks. Still, that would be a pretty big deal. But Huge. even beyond that with Terry McLaurin, I thought his ADP was already pretty fragile because he's like been stuck as a kind of like a wide receiver three for the last couple of years. Maybe that's because of the offense. Maybe it's something about Terry McLaurin's game. But Jahan Dotson is balling out in preseason again. We know that Jahan Dotson's good. So throw in the, the toe injury as well. I actually have Jahan Dotson one spot ahead of Terry McLaurin. I have Terry McLaurin down into like the wide receiver 37 range because I do think that there's a chance he misses some time here. And even if he is out there playing, I'm worried that this thing just lingers around and Jahan Dotson can play some football. So like, I'm worried a little bit about the target competition as well. So let's dive into this a little bit. And you mentioned the medical professionals that now give fancy football advice. There's a lot of them out there, whether it's Jeff Mueller, Dr. Chow, Jesse Morse. I, I think this just like beat writers, they're not all, you know, created equal, but you can aggregate all of the information because they're much better at perceiving this than we are. Turf toe sounds minimal. Just when you hear it listed, it's not an ACL, it's not a knee strain, it's not any of that. It is significant. It can mm -hmm. last for a very long time, especially for wide receivers, where since it's the big toe, that's what they plant to get off the line of scrimmage and yeah. burst out of. Okay, so this is what most recently Ron Rivera said. Uh, this was on Wednesday. Status of Terry McLaurin, quote, for the most part, Terry's x-rays are negative and his MRI showed that the same thing for the most part. Most part is doing a lot of work there. And then according to Jesse Morse, it's all about the severity of it, which we're not going to get. We're not going to get grade one, grade two, or grade three. A very mild one, Justin Jefferson had that, I believe, from November on, and he balled out. Then a grade one impacts for three or four weeks. Grade two, Traylon Burks dealt with that, a seven-week return to return to something that is absolutely normal. To your point, Terry McLaurin being drafted as wide receiver 26, the top of the sixth round right now compare that to Jahan Dotson who's being selected as the wide receiver 37 mm -hmm. we've already talked about how Terry has what's how many touchdowns has he scored inside the red zone I mean it's like three so in his entire career he's all in all the vertical shots right and I love Terry but he's going in that area with like the Drake London's of the world DeAndre Hopkins where Christian Watson but it's also like one of those guys is going to blast off I'm yep. not sure which one. Meanwhile, Dotson, I would argue, is absolutely going to lead this team in targets and receptions. Plus, he's an outstanding talent. Go back and watch our second-year breakouts wide receiver video. And now the pathway is even easier for him yeah. and his relationship with Sam Howell to blast off immediately starting in week one. 
Yeah, completely agreed. And I think he's a good scheme fit with the enemy, the new offense. I think they can get some creative ways uh, to get Jahan Dotson the ball. So I'm fully fading Terry McLaurin at this point. I think there's no reason to take on the risk just because we've seen the upside with Terry McLaurin, real a good real-life player in fantasy. He's kind of in the DJ Moore category where it's like hasn't really mattered that much. It's amazing what these medical professionals can pick up just from watching either the play or the reaction afterwards. And Terry McLaurin's very noticeable limp while walking into the locker room also caught the eye of Dr. Chow, where he does not believe it's one of these, you know, very mild ones like the case of Justin yeah. Jefferson. That's one of these more significant ones. So again, if your league like underdog is not reacting enough to Terry McLaurin and still keeping him as wide receiver 26, I have to fade that at the yeah. moment. Let's pivot on over to Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver 32, top of the sixth round. Uh, he has a broken wrist. He is going to get wrist surgery. Pete Carroll is saying that it's only going to be a three-week injury and he should be fine for week one. But we know that Pete Carroll uh, is very optimistic when it comes to ailments to any of his players. Yeah, surgery three weeks sounds pretty quick for a return here. And this is like another one where there is a quote from Dr. Chow. He says, JSN's more likely to be on the IR than play week one. So that doesn't mean that he's going on the IR, but the Seahawks, I believe, have a bye week in week five. So they could say, hey, let's not have him in September. Let's move move on and have him fully healthy in October. So that's the risk right now with him. So you already had the concerns of like the target competition and all this. And I know that we're playing for the late round or the late season upside with JSN. I for sure believe he can still do that. But the odds of him actually getting there if he's not playing in the September, certainly hurts. So I moved him down to like my wide receiver 40. I put Tyler Lockett closer to like wide receiver 30. I think Lockett for should for sure be ahead of JSN at this point. My concern with JSN right now is that broken wrist. Like, first of all, you need your wrist to catch the football. So there's some concern there. But also, JSN is an undersized player who has an injury history, who works over the middle. This is kind of the concern that we didn't really discuss that much with JSN. Obviously, this was a fluke injury. I'm not saying like that this is predictive of that. But for somebody that, that's going to be recovering from a wrist surgery, working in the middle of the field as an undersized slot wide receiver, a little yeah. bit of concerns there. Um, so I just want to be on Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in particular. A few notes. The team has not come out and called it a scaphoid fracture. Um, the scaphoid is a tiny little bone at the bottom of your wrist inside it that uh, gets very little blood supply. And in fact, you have to get a bone graft from the top of your wrist you would know. Uh, in order to fill this. And the reason I know all this is because I have broken my scaphoid playing lacrosse. And then you have to wear a brace afterwards. Um, the brace then will have to fit seamlessly with the glove. We know they can fix those types of things. But anyways, the details, a broken bone cannot heal in three weeks, right? It simply can't, no matter what. So a six-week timeline seems more, or Hayden, a not 80, 70% snap player in those, you know, let's say week three and four, if he does return after missing the first two weeks of the season, that's significant. That's either a part-time player in two weeks and then he's back to full strength or potentially missing the first three or four games of the season yeah. for a player who is still going as the wide receiver two at the top of the sixth round. Plus, I don't know if the Seahawks are going to feel like they have to rush Jackson Smith exactly. and Jigba back because this is exactly what the offense was like last year. Multiple tight end sets. They were, what, 29th or 30th in the league last year in 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets. Just mm -hmm. do what you were doing last year and then bring back JSN 
when he is back to full force and back to full capacity and try to get by in those first four games. Yeah, my assumption right now is anything in September in redraft leagues, I don't think you're going to be comfortable starting Jason. Even like his first week back in redraft leagues, you're going to be a little bit skeptical of what exactly his role is. So in best ball, I get it. Shooting for upside in redraft, I'm I'm fading for it right now. I will take Jahan Dotson, who's going as wide receiver 37, ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba, who in the last 48 hours is still going as wide receiver 32. That wide receiver 32 mark is going ahead of George Pickens, Gabe Davis, Jordan Addison, Mm -hmm. Michael Pittman, Zay Flowers. Good players. This is the big difference. This is the big difference. Again, August 1st reaction when we're all only being able to pick up pieces from training camp, and then that's the reaction on top of that. It's different when they can still get healthy heading into the season. When it lingers into the season, that's where the difficulty happens in my brain. And both of these cases, it is absolutely going to linger into the season. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. All right, Jonathan Taylor, we've got some news. He has and been given, granted the ability to, for his agent, Maokikawa, to go and get uh, trade offers. This is a bit of a different dynamic than what we've seen in the past where either Mike Florio or uh, let's say Jim Ursay have come out and said, we're not trading Jonathan Taylor at all. The issue is probably the price tag where they want even more, they are saying publicly, than the Christian McCaffrey deal last year, which almost equated to a second-slash-first-round pick. But we have seen some teams value running backs in the first round, just looking at like the Jameer Gibbs pick, for example, Bijan Robinson. We also saw Christian McCaffrey actually go for that. So I'm not ruling out a trade, and the main reason why I'm not is first, we already have some examples like the Dolphins that have been intrigued by a trade. They have been trying to work something out. It's not going to be easy. But Jonathan Taylor, the thing that that caught my eye is they gave him a deadline for next Tuesday to work out a deal that happens to line up with the deadline for when the Colts have to decide if they're going to put him on the PUP list during the season. So since he's already on the PUP list and that's when roster cuts are, they have to decide, is he going to actually convert back to the PUP list or is he actually medically cleared? And my fingers go up a little bit here that I wonder if Jonathan Taylor's thing is oh, my ankle is going to hurt a little bit too much. I'm not actually going to play for you. And that means he would actually be missing some time. So for Jonathan Taylor, if he stays on the Colts, I think this is a disaster season waiting to happen for fantasy. If he gets traded, this will be one of the best picks that you can make in the third round. So that makes it very tricky. 
I would say it's like 60, 40 that he stays on the Colts. But I think a lot of people were assuming it's like a 10% chance he gets traded. I think yeah. it's way higher than that because I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be playing this ankle injury thing. And I do wonder if the Colts are threatening him and say, fine, we'll just like put you on the PUP list or something crazy like that. So I do think the Dolphins or another team could come out of nowhere and make a trade. Yeah, and, and speaking of, again, the medical professionals, they're saying that this ankle issue, based on what has been reported, should absolutely be healed by this point. I agree from the standpoint, I believe Jonathan Taylor is just totally done with the Indianapolis Colts. Every player is different, but we have seen some players in their time at the NFL, like with Indianapolis Colts, because either due to injuries or probably because it's a weird dynamic in that building. Let's put it that way. And Jonathan Taylor wants to get paid right now. And so while he... And we have said that running backs have no leverage in terms of holdouts at this moment. I think it can be a bit different when a running back simply will never want to play for an owner or an organization ever again. And the flip that JT went through of, yeah, my future is with the Colts to now having these private meetings and just sitting out entirely is, is a massive one. And so then the question is, I'm with you no matter where he goes. Jonathan Taylor is going to be in a better situation and you're able to get that early third round running back eight overall. And Barry Jackson, who's covered the dolphins for a very long time with the Miami Herald said that the dolphins pursued at least looked into the likes of Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor before that Josh Jacobs deal never gained traction, but the dolphins continue to pursue Jonathan Taylor to this day, which is significant. Yeah, to make this work, the, the Dolphins are in cap hell going into next year. So Jonathan Taylor's going to have to like really be very lenient on his contract there. The Bears have a lot of connections just looking at uh, they all, all came from the Colts um, previously. So that was another team to kind of look out for. But yeah, it really just comes down to the holdout risk now is players faking injuries or I shouldn't say faking, but like keeping these injuries lingering around. Schefter called it contractitis like on his podcast, like straight up. So that's the leverage that these running backs have. Fine, I'm not. I'm just not going to play for you in the yeah. season. And Jonathan Taylor can actually do that because he's already on the PUP list initially. So this is something to watch for. Maybe we get something by Tuesday, but uh, I have him like the back end of the third round, low floor play, but definitely tons of upside. If he gets straight to the Dolphins stuff, I can see him being picked like kind of like in that Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard range, which would be like in the middle of the second round, or possibly even higher than that. From Ian Rappaport, I'll be surprised if he plays for them. It is possible. I just don't know it will happen. This is a relationship that is not good. Not good. And mm. the note that he doesn't get the perception that the Colts are willing to do anything contract-wise, which we have seen for Saquon Barkley getting an extra $900,000. Yeah. We've seen it for Austin Eckler, too. The Colts are just not budging. Okay, let's close out here with a shocking retirement. Not from me, but from Corey Davis. Um, Corey Davis has been an interesting player to talk about this entire offseason because he had no guaranteed money left in his deal. We thought that with all the wide receivers that this team brought in, that he would just be cut, yet he was then working as a starter to me fit in the mold of what they wanted the Alan Lazards, the Corey Davises to be as the blockers to the running game, and then obviously Garrett Wilson as the alpha. Does this change anything for you now that Corey Davis, the perceived outside starting wide receiver, is no longer on this team? It does because I thought there was some chance that Alan Lazard would lose some playing time to Corey Davis because they're very similar archetypes. So I moved 
Al Lazard up a couple spots. He's still like the gross. wide so receiver fifties, but like he, I, I think Al Lazard is meaningless in fantasy football this year. He's like a wide receiver and in best ball. There's a chance that he catches a couple touchdowns here. Uh, McCole Hardman is like perceived to go into the starting lineup, but not so fast. Mister Randall Cobb apparently is, is working ahead of or at least right next to McCole Hardman, so I don't have any interest in them. The true sneaky little winner here would be I think Tyler Conklin. I think there's a couple more targets per game that go to him. He was pretty productive last year, like top 20. And I know in redraft, this doesn't matter, but in best ball, I do have Tyler Conklin as like one of my favorite late round tight ends now, because it's just him in the red zone. Like you remove Corey Davis, like Corey Davis was a red zone threat. So for me, pretty cool that Corey Davis walks away. $52 million, 28 years old. See you later. Uh, I, I do respect that marginal increases for Alan Lazard and Tyler Conklin. And I'm not going to do the McCall Hardman, McCall Hardman and Aaron Rodgers. Could you imagine a worse fit for player types than like <laughs> a guy who doesn't get to the spot in Jesus. the, in the right timing or during the right. Ra- yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough one. I, I think Miko Hardman is going to be like a manufactured touch player yeah. and, and that's his role. I, I bet we see more of Garrett Wilson out wide. Um, you know, we've seen Alan Lazard shift inside. Corey Davis mm-hmm. could be a big slot at times too, but he's going as wide receiver 57. Alan Lazard is right now. That's and I've talked about this on multiple shows, but I, I think despite bringing Aaron Rodgers, this team is still going to be running back focused and running game. And then obviously through the passing game, through those backs, man, Dalvin cook is hopefully about to start practicing after, you know, having surgery on his shoulder and then now coming back from having his first child. But We've seen Brees Hall on the practice field in 11-on-11 team activities for the last week, and yet you are still able to get Brees Hall in the middle of the fourth round as running back 15. I'm going down the sinking ship, and I'm still drafting a bunch of Brees Hall, and this is still the player other than Garrett Wilson that I'm targeting the most in this team. Yeah, I'm like 50th overall, so I'm like fine with it. I'm glad that he's practicing out there. I think he can still take a flyer on Dalvin Cook. They're trying to make Dalvin Cook a thing. We'll see what happens, though. All right, that's going to do it. Again, this week, we are posting cheat code videos for all of your platforms that are not called Underdog Fantasy. We know your home leagues take place on Yahoo, on ESPN, on Sleeper. We are digging into all of those default rankings, telling you how to leverage them, and then to crush all your friends and steal their money at the end. All right, go and check those out. Subscribe to the channel. Up the bell. Talk to y'all soon.